You know, yesterday I stood in the, my garden early, early, and I was wondering where the sun had gone. Then it dawned on me. You don't get it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it took a minute to no, register. I, mean, I feel like I'm just continually delayed when it comes to like the punchline catching. It's, it's Twilight so. Zone. It's the Twilight Zone. Mm. So last week, um, we blessed you guys with what was good in our gardens. Now <laughs> comes the fun part. We are we bless to- them. Wait, we bless them with what was good in our garden. Well, no, we were blessed with good things in our garden this year. It we was were both. able to share well, them. Is what we discussed, mm-hmm. you know. But also, <laughs> it was a morale booster because today is a tough part. We're going to talk about what did not do so good in our garden. But not only that, I'm going to analyze what didn't do good in my garden and why it didn't. Maybe Batavia will too. We'll find out right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, everybody. So as you well know, and if you don't know, now you know, or you're going to know, we are a listener-supported show. You can check us out on Patreon at Backyard Gardens, where you can get up to two episodes extra a month, and you can also win a chance to talk with us one-on-one. Also, we have a t-shirt shop with a coupon code right now called XMAS23, or 2023, excuse me. You can get all the fun stuff to rock for and help support our show. We have an Amazon list where we test all our products and use them and put them on there. We get a little portion of that. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube. There it is. Um, I was going to say something else and I forgot. How how you like me now? <laughs> Not very good. Is Story it? of my life. It, yeah. <laughs> it's at XMAS 2023. No, 22. Excuse me. What year is this? 22. It's still 2022. Yeah, look. Look here. I'm all jacked up. I've been on the wrong year for the past week, so there it is. Uh, it's 22. So, um, and that is active immediately. But, we got a lot going on in our gardens, man. It was a good year, and as usual, there's always something not so good. So, there is that to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think outweighs in your garden, if you have to be realistic and honest, the good or the bad this year? In actuality, the good. Emotionally, the bad. Okay. That went I, deep I, on I, you. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. You know, I, I'll give you that. It's a <laughs> That's a Batavia answer. That's like a good friend of mine used to say, that's the Sunday school answer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say for me, I think the bad. Hmm. Ultimately, I had high hopes and I had some pretty big failures. But the positive is I was able to kind of hone in what the failure, why they occurred. You know what I mean? So I, I still got mm-hmm. good harvest. We, we got a bunch of cannon done and all that stuff. But there was key things that didn't really work out for me. So it mm-hmm. was kind of tough. It was a tough one. All right. Do you want to start this or go around? Oh, you want me to start? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Man, you know what? It's hard to start because you don't know where to start. For me, I'm going to... Well, elephant in the room, it was my sweet potatoes. And that kind of mm-hmm. unfolds to a whole lot of things. So, um, my sweet potatoes this year, I think I got five pounds of sweet potatoes and last year i believe it was like somewhere between 40 and 60 pounds so there's a big difference there um and that was due to i have soil compaction in my garden and in my wild garden so what that means if you don't if you're not familiar is basically the soil was i mean it was hard as a brick is harder than a set of woodpecker lips. I was out there digging in it with my my like my fingernails felt like they were gonna rip off and my fingertips were gonna bleed when I was digging. Um, so it's all about amending the soil and getting it right. But luckily, I'm not gonna be planting sweet potatoes in that bed next year. So mm-hmm. I really have a full year before I have to worry about the production side of the sweet potatoes for that. 
But okay. there's there's okay. a lot more to come about that because it's it sent me down a dangerous path. And Batavia and I actually had a really deep conversation that we are going to in the f- in the future rehash for you guys. Um, mm. There was a lot that came out of it, and I've done a lot of research about soils and the importance of like compost and stuff like that. So I'm going to save that for um, the bulk of that for later. I'm sure it'll bleed out into this conversation a little bit, but I'm going to leave it at that for right now. Yeah, sweet potatoes for me are the last of the how did it do this year? Because as of this recording, I've not dug mine up. And to be quite frank, I'll do the math. It's probably um, it probably needs to happen pretty quickly. Just, you know, for just within the goal of not leaving your crops in the ground too long. Yeah. So I'm probably at something like 120 some days, which is about when I've harvested in the last couple of years. So I'm not concerned about it. Right. And we are coming out of a cold snap, but going into some warmer weather. So it'll be nicer to work in the garden as well. So more to come on sweet potatoes for me. Um, but I will meet your sweet potatoes and raise you. I don't know if that's how that really works. I don't play that's poker or anything. Yeah. I'm, so well, it depends on how bad it is, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll raise you uh, spring planting spring crops late. Um, and it was there was a real domino effect. So. I I got my spring stuff in. Some of them planted as late as, you know, May. Yeah. Um, and the issue is that some of the spaces <clears throat> I was using for spring where I expected to pull those crops up and then plant um, summer crops, it just delayed those. Yeah. Um, and based on planting them late, I did get some production for, for them, which is good. Some of the plants, the majority of them produced, actually got, you know, to forming heads and all of that good stuff. Some of them didn't. Um, but, you know, if I had if I had a do over again, I, I would have planted them like a month earlier. You know, and that month really made a difference for me in my plant? garden. Um, I didn't. The first crop went in the last week of April. OK. So I was planting up until like maybe the 10th of May for spring crops. OK. I mean, um, we're getting to summer pretty quickly in that that way. Like I basically could have been planting maybe just a tinge early, but could have been planting summer crops when I was finally getting the last of my spring crops in. You know, it's funny that we both started out with domino effect stuff because the soil Mm -hmm. compaction was really a domino effect for me, too. Um, And it kind of a lot of what we'll talk about during this stemmed from that. But um, it's funny how that works. It's just like you make that one mistake and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the rest of the year, you're you're suffering from that mistake. And you know what that mistake was, too. That's the bad part, too, is like you mm-hmm. figure out at some point, you are like, all right, this is where I went wrong. But what do you do at that point? You know? Yeah. Well, even when, as I was planting, I knew it was late. But then I was battling with the you're planting it. So the. The mistake I thought at that time was you're planting something that may not produce, like period, right? You know, because you're going to be going into the heat of the summer. And so I was battling with if you don't plant it, there's no chance you'll get anything. Yeah. Right. And to be quite frank, in hindsight, I would have been better off skipping the rest of those plantings, not all of them. Because, I, again, I had some stuff that went in like the, the last week, like maybe the 22nd, 23rd of, of April. Yeah. And so th- those did OK. Those did fine. But once I got to like two weeks later and I still had crops that I wanted to try to get in, if based on what I know now, I would have just skipped that. Yeah. You know what, again, for a couple of heads of cauliflower, a couple of heads of broccoli, I love them, but it really just completely, as I mentioned, threw off like for at least two beds, two or three beds, my plantings. So, And that's a lot, too. I mean, I know you have 852.3 gardens, but, you mm-hmm. know, you, you hold up a couple of them and you, you have that issue. Yeah. Well, those were... Those are my two or three favorites. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We have, we all have our favorite garden beds. If you have like multiple raised beds, I've got mm-hmm. my favorites too. Um, you know, for me too, if you go back to the expansion talk that we had kind of brought up in the last episode, 
I added a little um, one foot by, I want to say, 10 foot bed on the other side of my cattle panel trellis. So I kind of I elevated it so I could amend the soil. And I did that and I didn't have great results from it. And I know why. And I've actually been working really hard on this. And it's funny that I've been working on it in the fall when it's like it's a day late and a dollar short, you know. But um, I didn't have irrigation set up over there. And so what ended up happening is I planted tomatoes on that side because I was and I've still made the decision that I really want to try and trellis tomatoes on the cattle panel. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, beans and stuff like that's fine. But ultimately, I feel like it would be it would be a better use of that space if I was able to put uh, tomatoes on that panel because if I do the indeterminate tomatoes then you know my romas and stuff they kind of they're determinate so they'll die out but these won't but I didn't have a good irrigation system set up over there and Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of tweaking this year and I've had it's been like the biggest trick for me in my garden is getting it set up because um I don't know. I don't really want to open a can of worms, but I feel like I need to. (laughs) So when you go around and you read stuff about irrigation for gardens and whatnot, there's a lot of people that are really big on um, drip systems, soaker hoses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I, I tried it. And because I do a lot of direct sowing, it never really worked out for me the way I wanted to. And it was it was a logistical nightmare for me. Hmm. I mean, I had hoses going everywhere and it was just, it just, it didn't work out. But, um, I went back to a, um, I used those, what are they called? Rainbird sprinkler heads, like the kinds you use for your, um, irrigation for lawns. Mm-hmm. I hooked them up to PVC pipes and put them in my garden and I was able to get a pretty large one. And I found a way to mount it inside of another garden bed that's not fruits or vegetables or anything. And that way it could kind of be hidden. But the distance I had to be from it eliminated two things. It eliminated the watering to the other side of the trellis and the water would not penetrate through that trellis with something growing on the front side of it. So even if I did have it far enough, there would be a point where it just would not get water. And I've been trying to handle because I have um, two hose bibs or hose um, faucets on either side of my house. So I have to run hoses all the way back there. Yeah. And I have a garden on each side of the house. So I have the one side goes all the way to the back and the other side goes to the water to the wild garden. But I want them to water at the same time because I don't want to have to go out there and depend on flipping a switch. And I just didn't get good good growth out of there. And I had put garden soil in it this year. I ta- I filled it up with garden soil completely. But when it came down to it, I think it was literally just the irrigation that didn't allow me to have good growth on that one side. And this is my second year with a cattle panel. So you would think, you know, my goal is to really get that thing pumping. So it's been kind of a letdown because it was a big deal for me to put it in. But I think once I get that situated, I think I have it figured out now. Um, we should be okay. But the whole irrigation thing is a big piece of the puzzle that is needs to be well thought out. And I've said that before on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, so on one hand, it kind of feels like once you have it set up, whatever your setup is, you should be able to pretty easily detect if there is a problem. But that's just not really how it works. Yeah, well, especially when you you're know. adding to your gardens all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. Um, I'm I had some water. I think I had some watering issues, but I don't have it. I don't even have it fine tuned enough to even real, recognize if it was really a problem. So I'm not going to add that here. I am going to rewind because in my mind, I'm processing this in part by timing timeline. Um, what I didn't do last fall, I ended up moving to this spring which really was what led into the delays, right? So I have videos and footage of me shredding leaves this spring to put in garden beds. Yeah. Um, you know, I 
I can't remember if we talked about it and I was going to do it in the fall or if it didn't come to me until last winter, but it would have been nice if I would have done that expansion, which was super, would have been super easy to do last fall of those couple of raised beds. Minimally, if I would have done that last year, I would have really got my eye around um, me wanting to, to pull out that mulch you know, the motion had been down there since 2019 in the front yard garden. Those were a few of the things that really put me behind this spring, taking those things on. Um, And, you know, those are things that could have easily been done, you know, last fall, you know, so fall 2021. And so it's great to be able to kind of go through this and talk about this right now, because I still have a month of like workable weather like weather where I could really work outside and just not be really uncomfortable. And so um, it's really up to me now to kind of make my, what I hope to be a short list of what do I want to wrap up for this year to put me in the best position to like hit the ground running in the spring. Dude, my laundry list for fall and winter is so long. It's ridiculous. of things (laughs) I need to do. And I mean, I mean, truth be told, honestly, Fall is the best time to do mulch work and soil work and all that stuff. And I don't really mind doing it because the garden kind of, you know, it slows down, but mentally I'm still in that mode. You know what I mean? And so I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten really good at this in the past. I'm going to pat myself on the back to where in the winter time I stay really busy and for me it's different because my ground doesn't freeze like yours does and I don't get mm-hmm. snow, but even before, like I would work really hard to get all that stuff prepped because those months in winter when it's just nothing is really doing anything, those piles of leaves and stuff, they, they do something. They Mm -hmm. start to cook and you know, they'll start breaking down. And I mean, it just, it leaves you for fire to put in your garden essentially, you know? Um, it's really hard to do though, but once you get in the habit of it, it's not bad because there's nothing else pressing going on out there. You know what I mean? It's not like I have to go out there and harvest anything time sensitive. You know, my tomato is not going to crack or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? The leaves are a good example of I collected. Clearly, I collected the leaves last year, you know. And so what it ended up happening was, again, this is probably the second or third year where I've had leaves in my garage, you know, trying to dry them out because they did accumulate some moisture, you know, over the course of the winter. So here I am in the spring spreading leaves out. I have my shredder. I'm like, like, what's the little Charlie Brown character that's dusty from the, you know, head yeah. to toe? I mean, it's, it's so, um, and again, that's something that clearly could have been done. I use way more space within the garden and in my garage to store those all to get to the point in, you know, April, I'm shredding them. Right. And you quiet is kept. Again, this isn't <clears throat> it's not necessarily a fail that I didn't have this in on my garden last year, but those gardens were bare. You know, so those garden beds were bare. I didn't mulch them yeah. when I put the garden to bed last year. And so that mulch would have been a benefit for those spaces. Um, so, uh, you know, here I am. I haven't collected leaves yet as of this recording. Are your leaves falling so, off the trees yet? Oh, just the sprinkle. Yeah. There's no nothing like no one's out there with a rake quite yet. Yeah. I mean, I bet that's that accounts for probably two weeks of your setback. I bet doing that easily, easily, easily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's tough that I. I also had to go travel to the place where I get my wood chips for the front yard garden. And the wood chips weren't even on the list to do, you know, that's, that's, there's something to be said about having some discipline, um, about, you know, not taking on too much. Um, so I have a comment about water. I want to come back to. Well, I just brought up watering so go with it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I was going to So, um, someone um, commented, and I, and I don't get this comment often, but someone commented on a video. Like, sometimes I'll get the, um, I don't see any water systems, you know, like the curious, someone's watching a video, like, you know, how are you watering this stuff? Or um, I had someone that commented and asked, you know, have you ever thought about drip irrigation? And I said, um, you know, the truth of the answer is I'm intimidated by it. And the um, other version of the answer is, uh, yet in my mind, it would be more expensive than I'm willing to pay, right? Just based on the configuration of my garden. And so it's not about those two responses. It's more about being okay with not taking on it all, 
right? You know, so you've been, as an example, been trying to work on your water for a couple of years now. I mean, it's okay that in year one, you didn't have that down. Year two, you didn't have that down. Because shoot, look at, look at how long it takes to kind of notch it just a bit. Yeah. You know, and get it to where you want to be. Dude, I've been, um, I've been tweaking I'm, my system for four years. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, tweaking. You know, and I, I think coming out of this year, and who knows where it may be, I'll have a different garden spirit next year. But coming out of this year, like, I don't want to take on challenges that I don't have to take on yeah. going into next year. You know? Well, you, you added a new watering system to your garden this year. No, it's the same thing I was using last year. I think last year was the first year. Oh, was it the Maybe sprinkler? You, yeah, the sprinkler on a timer. How dare yeah, you, and I did you the same wasteful method. bastard. You're such a disgrace to humanity. And that's not even why I stopped using it early in the season, both years. Not because of the waste. But. So I don't use, and I, I really don't want to make this a, an irrigation podcast. We can do that another day. But I don't believe in drip systems. Um, and I'm going to say why. How if you didn't if we didn't water our gardens, how would they get watered? Good Lord above. Above, right? There's got <laughs> to be a reason why that water hits those leaves. You know what I mean? Because if you want if they're not supposed to have water hits your leaves, it would seep up from the ground. So there's got to be something there there. Look, you like how I did that, don't you? Of course I do. I felt clever too. <laughs> And I know that I was, there's know. people right Does, now that are, you're probably reaching for the, the stop button right now and that's okay. But I just, I think I just had this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine um, and believe it or not, it wasn't Batavia, even though we've had this conversation many a times, <laughs> <laughs> but he has like two, to- two whole friends, have two whole <laughs> friends, count them one, two. But, um, you know, I think there's certain aspects of the garden that is overcomplicated and irrigation is definitely one of them. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to be straight. I'm not watering by hand. That's not going to happen. Like, I would never get my garden watered ever. I would I would be exhausted by the time I got it all watered. So you've got to figure out another way. And I can't spend five hundred dollars for the basic guts of a drip system. I just can't do that. And then mm-hmm. I have to worry about the amount of water pressure to go through. So then mm-hmm. I've got to figure that out. I think, I mean, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it out loud and I don't want to say it, but I feel like part of it might be a little bit of a scam. I just mm. feel like we're ingrained in our heads by so many people saying it, that you need to go out and buy a $500 watering system. And that's what I, for my garden, that's what it's going to cost. And I know it's based on size. I think if you have a small bed and you've got a couple bedding plants in or something, I mean, you know, go for it. You know what I mean? Mm. I had some leftover soaker hoses and I ran them through my flower beds and I turn them on once a month. But that's just there. But for like when I'm direct sowing seeds and I'm actively working in a garden, it just does not work out for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really didn't have much more to add, but you kept on talking and, and now you're <laughs> now I just have to add the bit of. Um, so, you know, the recommendations and I've shared this recommendation generally, you know, the recommendation is an inch of water a week. And I don't want to get into and you won't make me get into kind of old timers and how um, the world has changed and how nature has changed and you know they got what they needed from the sky you know and you clearly know you see droughts across the country you know you see droughts across you see different types of weather fronts right Um, but I also say I believe the idea of like a sprinkler overhead sprinkler and the consistency that you're giving your that garden water compared to kind of there's no schedule for rain yeah I, I think that has something to do with it. I have no facts behind it, but you know, my instincts just say that that's, that creates a different scenario. And that's really all I want to say about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I got like another, I got a list of like 88 other. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I want to say this and then we'll leave this alone. Uh, if you don't water your plants all the time, it forces the roots to dig down and look for water and they're going to find it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is you don't get the fast growth that we all want and need to have. So it's like a it's like a mixed bag. Um, you know, if you use drip systems and stuff, go for it. You know what I mean? It's just for me in my garden. And I just don't like it. So um, I've been trying to dial it in. And I think 
I definitely need to change some sprinkler heads because I'm using a misting sprinkler head on two of them. Mm-hmm. And when the wind blows, it blows it away. So I need to find something with heavier droplets. And that also is more efficient because it doesn't take as much pressure, believe it or not, to push it out. So I think I may actually have fixed it. And I was I was pretty excited about it when I got it kind of roughed in. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I think we might be cooking with some peanut oil here. Like, this is this could be good. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, but that was what caused my backside, my far side of my um, beds not to produce as well because we had really hot, dry periods where I am, and we have to. We, and I think you know, you say an inch a week. I think we need about an inch and a half to two inches a week because of the heat. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whose turn it is, but go for it. Since you have 88. Is it my go? Yeah, we're going to knock it down to 87. Go. I'll go. Um, so I did this and it, I took off of your recommendation of um, getting my seed starting mix mixed up. I was out there in probably January doing it, right. but I had a clear, showed out a clear spot to be able to do it. And I didn't take that, it didn't occur to me until, you know, we were getting ready for this episode. I didn't do that for my containers once I got outside. So I was mixing up, um, you know, potting mix, like making my own potting mix, mixing up that container mix. Like it felt like every other week, Yeah, you know? And so while I don't have the, the biggest place to store like mounds and mounds of it. I could figure that bit out if I would have like at the onset of the season mixed up as batch of that. Yeah. Right. You know, it would have served me much better than um, constantly kind of going into that. Cause what that, all that does is delaying whatever I'm transplanting in delaying whatever I'm sowing. Right. You know, so if I would have saved some time, as I mentioned earlier in the episode with having some of those tasks done last year, I could have easily had time to make up a big batch. But the key here, though, is it wasn't even at top of mind. Um, so I think spending too much time continuing to prep throughout the spring, you know, yeah. throughout the early summer was, you know, it's it's I don't know. Are we calling this losses? What are we called? Wins and losses? Fails. Yeah, I mean, straight up fails. Yeah, it's, I should know better. It's a let's call it if if you didn't do this, if you're listening, it may not be a fail for you, but I should know better. And based on that, I'll call it a fail for me. I think I need. I think it would benefit everybody if you looked at spring as spring is solely the time to be planting. Mm. So if you, you you know when you know when your last frost date is. Think about it like this. Like my last frost date is April 8th. So I get my plants in April 15th. Generally, you know, my, you know, my warm crops, I'll usually get them in around then. That is the date in which I need to be completely prepared to do nothing but dig in the soil and stick plants in there and doing stuff like that. Like I should have all hence why I'm working on irrigation now and mixing up big batches of potting soil you know, seed starting mix. And if I don't have it by then, I go to the store and buy it at that point because I'm like, look, I don't have time. You know how hard spring can be taxing to say mm-hmm, the least, mm-hmm. you know, just in planting yeah. when you have a sizable garden, especially like we do. Like I'm aware that our gardens are could be larger than some of our listeners and vice versa mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. but that being said, like you definitely want to be prepared because I know one of your goals for this year um, was to always be sewing. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about that, like you've added that on is like every month you need, you want to be sewing something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's where I wanted to do the same thing. And man, I made a personal foobar on my p- part. Um, I took a vacation <laughs> on the exact day of my last frost date and it just um, added so much stress to what I was doing and it did it. I did it the year before too. And I couldn't get my last sewings and pots ready, you know, cause I like to come back in and, um, so like zucchinis and squashes and melons and stuff like that, because they don't really stay in the pots long. So I didn't have time to do that. And I kind of set myself back in that aspect. So I need to make the personal decision not to go on a vacation 
you know, <laughs> we went backpacking and I was like, oh, it, it'll be nice somewhere. It's plenty warm. I, I should go when it's colder and just deal with it. You know what I mean? So in the future, yeah. that's what I'll do. But um, it's the same as you, you know, like it just set me back. Yeah. You know, I disagree with you for me in my garden. So this isn't a, about making a recommendation. I'm not. This is not a recommendation for you necessarily. If you're listening, this is just me sharing my experience. I agree. Disagree for me in my garden um, because I need to be able to have some room to like be creative and do some different things in the spring. Um, and so I, I want to kind of carve out some time for that. However, the issue that I run across is I really get stuck and I want to finish the projects before I start planting. And there's two folks. I kind of want to see like, you know, before I start decorating, I want the floors to be finished, the walls to be painted, you know? (laughs) So, um, and it's kind of like, just go ahead and live in this one room and be fine. No. Um, But it's twofold. It's the, my, just the way I'm kind of wired. I want to have everything done, my projects done, and then I'll start planting. But that it continues to beat me up every single year. And sometimes multiple times a year. Right. You know, so the real driving force. So generally again, that's how I'm wired, but it's also because I really haven't firmed out my garden design, my plan. So here I am in April digging around in beds. I know the structure of things. I know that I'm going to be using these 10 containers. I know that I'm digging up this bed. I, I know all of that, but I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to put these 20 pepper plants that I have in the grow room. Right? right. You know, so since I don't have that plan, I feel like I can't start until I have everything kind of laid out. Right. So my poor planning then delays my ability to even get, I mean, get with 800 beds, you can get a couple of those planted and still be working on creating this new raised bed you want. Yeah. That makes more sense. Get those things planted, let them start growing. Potatoes and corn is a great example of that. I had an idea of where I wanted to put that and where I, the idea I had, that's where I put it. But I had to wait until I had everything set up and I could look across the garden and say, yeah, that still makes sense. I ended up planting mid-May, which is almost a full month after I planted those things last year. You know, again, it's the same story, right? You know, now don't get me wrong, guys and gals, if you're listening, at some point I pulled it together, (laughs) but we're still in the early part of spring and and heading into summer and and I didn't have my shit together then. I just, um, I just messaged you a planning software that I use. Um, we're actually kind of, and I've, I've used it for a couple of years now. Um, I'm in talks with them about advertising, so I'm not going to share it yet, but, um, it's a really useful app. And I, I actually started yesterday working on my garden and I go through it. Like I'll probably make 10, 15 different designs. And this year, my goal is to actually print it out and take it Mm -hmm. out with me. So then I'm not adjusting it. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes, if it works out to my favor. But, I mean, you can do something as easy as a sketch, too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But that's something like I always do it. And then I go out there and I'm like, well, hold on. Let me tweak this, tweak that. And if I would just take the time, all the time that I spent designing this layout, if I would do it the way I designed it, I would probably be better off every year. Like, I need to mm-hmm, make a plan mm-hmm. and stick to it. And I don't just like... Yeah. Here's plan B. Well, here's plan C. <laughs> well, hold up. Here's plan D. You know what I mean? It's just not, it doesn't work out mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And you know, I do a couple of years ago, maybe like four years ago, three years ago, I probably didn't have enough data, if you will. Right. It's kind of like five years ago, for sure. I was going to the store to figure out what I wanted to plant for sure. Yeah. Cause I was buying a lot of transplants this year, last year, you know, year before last, I'm growing more from seed, you know, starting more from seed. So I, I know what's in under lights. Like I know now the key is I may not know how many of it I started a bunch and with the intention of maybe not planting all of it, but I, I have those things already out. I mean, you, I mean, we've talked about this before. I did so much better last year. You talk about, things growing out of their um, grow pots that sit they've been hardening off for like four weeks you yeah. know? <laughs> like, uh, so I think that that's just it's something that I have to keep in mind going into next year it's a weakness of mine right that procrastination and 
the clock is ticking. Yeah. Right. You know, so I was very comfortable in using weather as my excuse for years. And I know enough about the weather now, too, in these plants to know that I could have had you in the ground two weeks earlier. And if nothing else, but to get it off my list. You know. Yeah. I mean, I go out. Actually, I'm not even going to go there yet. So, um, yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, weather is a big excuse and it is acceptable to a point. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you want to be realistic about what the issue was, too. And I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's why this episode, like the last one is, is all fine and dandy. But this one is really, to me, I think it's important because, I mean, I don't want to sit here and just look like we're perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we both make mistakes in our gardens and it's important to be able to not only make the mistake, but then figure out why the mistake happened. You know, for instance, I grew peanuts this year and I did is a huge learning curve for me this year. Huge learning curve. I did not. I was going to make a video about it, but we had Hurricane Ian coming and I ran out of time. And as I was pulling them up, I'm like, well, I'm kind of glad I didn't make a video about it because I didn't. I read and 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 I listened and I watched about peanuts and how they grow and then when i harvested them and i pulled them up and i noticed like hey i don't have i didn't have shit for peanuts Mm. i think i planted three quarters of a bed with peanuts um i don't remember how many plants let's just call it 10 12 plants and i probably got 50 peanuts but when i harvested it and i really got down there because i was under the impression of okay when the peanut grows, the flower comes out and then the flower drills down and makes another peanut. Well, I thought that came up around the base of the plant. So I didn't even really think about it because my whole anticipation was this is a crop that's just, you know, you set it and forget it and it just does its own thing. But when I went out there and harvested it, I saw what is technically called a peg and it comes off the entire stalk of the peanut all the way, all the vines and stuff that come off of it, they mm-hmm. all had these long, sharp pegs, but they weren't making contact with the soil. So when I pulled one out and I saw it, I was like, okay, I think this may be where a peanut's going to come from, but I'm not sure. And then I pulled up another plant. Sure enough, there was a peg with a peanut hanging off of it. <laughs> and so as I look at those plants, I'm clearly looking at it and say, okay, there's hundreds of peanuts that just didn't get a chance to grow because I simply did mm. not understand how they grew. Uh, so, you know, I was talking to my wife about it and I was like, well, you know, it's not really worth eating these. So we're going to dry them and grow them next year. And it's, it's worth it because I clearly saw the problem. You know what I mean? Like there is no secret in what the issue was. So then moving forward, we know that, you know, I can try again next year and I may not do as heavy of a planting and I may very well do a heavy planting again mm-hmm. just to kind of see. It depends on how much space I have left. That's one of the ones I'm leaving on the drawing board for how much space I have. But we'll see. But I, I was able to see the issue. And that was that was a big, I, even though we're talking about fails, that was a big win for me because there mm-hmm. was no question mm-hmm. at that point what I did wrong. Okay. I know it was a big womp womp when I pulled them up. I was like, shit. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm going to call it 12 pounds of white potatoes. Total. Um, do you want me to tell you on the podcast what I told you yesterday? Uh, I mean, all right. So if this ends up coming out before my potato harvest video, ignore everything we're going to say for the next two minutes, because, you know, this is a true spoiler. Five minutes. <laughs> Wait, did I say two minutes? Or you said five? Yeah. All right. Do you think, man? Do you think? <laughs> so that, so let me set it up. I have a speech set grew, up for this. So go ahead. Yeah. I grew potatoes. This is uh, the third year, 2021, 22. 2019, 20, yeah, third year I've grown them and I've continued to play around. First year was all containers and I have the the total harvest somewhere, but I don't have it handy. Um, There's a video on my channel where I kind of, you know, do the tally, Um, but we weren't feeding a village with them. Let's just be real. Second year was a combination of containers, varying sizes 
and a raised bed. And I did, it was like maybe three fourths of the raised bed this year, a combination of a smaller footprint for the raised bed. Oh no, no. I grew, grew them in more than in a few raised beds last year and containers. And this year, one raised bed and then a bunch of containers. So all in all, combining everything from this year, I have about 12 pounds of white potatoes. So I I watched the video (laughs) and I was screaming at the computer because I'm like, you love potatoes so much give them the respect they deserve and put them in a damn garden bed and put something else in the containers for the love of God and everything in the planet. It just doesn't make sense to me when you really want something, why Mm -hmm. you would put, and I'm just going to say it just as a term. I don't think this about containers, but in a shitty container (laughs) when you can give it more space and because this is Batavia, I love you. But mm-hmm. what I'm going to say, and I'm going to just say it for you, you love tomatoes, mm-hmm. you love peppers, and more than those, you love potatoes. And you do not say that out loud, but you love taters more than you love maters. So I had some potatoes today. I had some French fries and I was trying to decide, was it the oil that they were cooked in or the potato itself that I love more? <laughs> <laughs> and so for next year... I had I, I thought about this last night when I was laying in the bed. Um, <laughs> the cage baby mm-hmm. is the tater baby. You know, I would say that, but I'm not going to do it because they're in the same family as tomatoes. Um, but so for the record, the octave that he reached when he told me this when we were talking yesterday live. <laughs> you want me to hit it real well, not, quick? You want me to wait, hit it? wait, not live on the Internet. <laughs> Not but live like you just saw the phone. Yeah, go ahead. Just let's give them a couple of words. Why the hell aren't you growing it in the damn bed? You love them. Grow them in. Don't grow them in the damn containers, woman. Give them the respect they deserve. Look, I just peeked out on everybody. I'm sorry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I had my hand on my forehead, like, dude, I know. Because you know I I'm know. right. And then I saw I, you, in your harvest, you could see the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the uh, the end moment. So while I have twelve pounds total, which I didn't do the math, so really quickly, uh, are we doing? Is this a part two? Do I need to do this really Just quickly? Just do whatever you want to do. I don't know. All right. So I have been kind of um, potatoes have been anticlimactic for me for the last three years, including this year. And the last two years, I've said things on this podcast like, you know, I really want like many things. What? This is a serious moment. This is like a special episode of A Different Stroke. It's just funny because you're like, I've said things on this podcast. And it's like, it's like the precursor to the ultimate apology statement. (laughs) I feel like I need to to apologize to the uh, potatoes for disrespecting them. Um, So I've said it on on this podcast, like, I really want to grow some of these things because I want to be able to hone in that skill. So peanuts are a great example of that. It's not like, you know, there's some crops that you plant for the first time and boom, you know, everybody, you know, does well with them. And there's some plants that are trickier in your area in your garden space and so on and so for potatoes you know i would love to be able just to line up some containers and just you know be pulling potatoes out just like they were bags in the grocery store right um and i've been challenged because the upfront cost like purchasing seed potatoes the expense that is versus the yield versus back in 2020 you know looking at the um how inexpensive potatoes were you know and so I've been teetering each year on, should I even bother growing them? Just get them from the grocery store. And then this year, <laughs> you know, when I look at these prices for organic potatoes, I think the high I've seen is like six forty nine for a three bag, three pound bag of organic potatoes. So someone do someone who's quick do that math. Six fifty, three pounds. I got twelve pounds, so that's you know. Yeah. This is the first year based on inflation that I came out ahead with my potato yeah, harvest. Yeah, that's the damn truth. <laughs> so with that in mind, I look to next year and say, well, they're going to stay in my garden. But, you know, young Ben, generally, I'm OK with him being right. But if I thought <laughs> no, the way not. I thought. No, I 
am. You know, I, I want you to win. Um, if it's if if it's at the expense of me being wrong, eh, maybe I'm not so crazy about that. Uh, but I look at this, and and as I was going through the actual harvesting, and I was recording it. It all of that washed over me. It's like this just isn't working for you. This is three years yeah. of having soil amending it more than you amended anything else. Um, three years of you know trying to keep these things watered. Um, now they're the cleanest potatoes you're ever going to harvest. That's probably the one thing it has ahead of growing in raised beds. But yeah, it's time to pivot. Well, I mean, it's okay. Here, here we go. Here we go. I look at containers as a place to put overflow crops or isolated crops for seed saving in or crops that I, you know, I'm not going to say I don't care about, but something that's not detrimental to me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So like if there was something that I was going to grow and I was like, look, I really want to get a lot of this, this, that, and the other, like it's going to get a spot in the garden. And if mm-hmm. it's something like I'm doing onions this winter, uh, I need to sow them like any day now. I'm still I'm debating right now if I should put them in a container because I don't really care about them as much or if I should just go ahead and dedicate the space. And that's why I started. I, I mean, I hate to do it, but I have to start planting my garden now because I plant them now. And then by the time I harvest, I need to know what I'm going to put behind it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so then I have to start thinking ahead So it's, you know, for me, it's like it's hit or miss. But when it comes to containers, man, like they don't get the priority because I don't have a container. My garden is not a container garden. My garden Mm -hmm, is a gardener mm -hmm. with some a garden with some containers in it. So moving forward, that's kind of that's how I look at containers. And I know like and I don't know if this is you. But I know there is a ton of videos out there about people and they dump out a bag of um, potatoes that they've grown in like a grow bag. And the damn Mm -hmm. thing has no soil in it. It's all potatoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it seems like that's a good idea. But then like it doesn't work out that way. You know what I mean? I haven't grown. Those are are paid actors. Yeah, they've got to be. Those potatoes are paid actors. Yeah. You know, and I haven't grown potatoes in. A container, but after watching the struggle you've had, I won't grow them mm-hmm. in a container. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm leaving room for someone that has the formula. Yeah, I think I said something like that in my video. Like, it, I'm. There must be something I should be doing that I'm just not. But I don't have time to chase that. Right. I don't want to spend time. I'll rephrase it. I don't want to spend time chasing it any longer. Right. You know, so I know what's worked best for me. Um, and I, I kind of, I know what my steps are now. I don't regret the, these last three years because I've basically planted potatoes in different spaces in my gardens, different methods. And I've kind of eked out where things worked out well and where things didn't. Right. You know, and now I can go and like I have with a few other crops and, you know, a few other spaces in my garden, it's all kind of come together this year to say, okay, you can hit the ground running next year because you know what needs to go here. You know what needs to go there. You know what doesn't need to go there. And just as an aside for my container garden crew, I never have issues with my peppers in containers. So if you're thinking about starting a garden, if you're like, I couldn't recommend growing peppers in containers more. Yeah. Peppers work really well in containers. And so that's (laughs) one of those two that um, actually I just got some really good containers yesterday. I'm pretty happy about it. Um, you, you know, I've had great success in the years over growing peppers in small containers too, not just mm-hmm, big containers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that they are perfect containers, yeah. plants. And the I smallest s- I have is a 2.5 gallon, but that's for a really like a, like a serrano pepper. But typically the smallest would be like a three, uh, five foot uh, five foot five gallon container for me so just as a note so I kind of wanted to balance that out but I think the most important thing about your rant yesterday um, was like you figured it out now act yeah right you know so how many years has it today, been this is the third year there it is and that's that's enough that's three is enough not necessarily three that's too many rule. but three is enough that's your rule yeah yeah there it is right but that's all a part of the method try to figure out what grows be- better well what grows better where Ooh. so I figure that <laughs> out sure? with peppers 
shush. I figured that out with peppers. I, you know, now figured it out with, um, with potatoes. I would have loved to be able to grow potatoes because they have some requirements about like, don't grow this behind potatoes in that same soil, yada, yada, yada. So I would have loved to have been able to say, I'm only growing them in containers, but that just ain't been my truth. You know? (laughs) So, so there we have it. Yeah. It's, you know, and it could be a nutrition thing too in your, um, Mm -hmm. in your pots too. I mean, you know, there's different nutrition Mm -hmm. requirements for them. Yeah. But I mean, when I grew, I, look, I'm not a potato expert, uh, white potato expert by any, I'm not even a sweet potato expert, but I can tell you that when I grew them this year, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I didn't know how big the actual plant would get. And to my surprise, they didn't actually get that big because that was one thing I was kind of wondering because, you know, my sweet potato vines, they'll get mm-hmm, long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to look for, but I think after three years of growing it, did you notice in the raised bed versus the container that there was an, a, a difference in the actual size of the plant? Generally, the raised bed had uh, more greenery. The plants were larger. And since we, we're spending so much time on my potatoes, you know, hands down the size of the potatoes that came out of the containers were smaller than the size of the potatoes that came out of the raised bed hands down Damn. so we're talking about like what are the cutesy little potatoes that you know you you go and you buy and it's like you know you can't even yeah yeah but round right like you can't even uh pull the skin off of them because you're going to cut most of the meat of the yeah. potato off if you do that like those size that's mostly what i pulled out of the containers um so you know maybe golf ball size potatoes where i had um, some of those in the raised bed but some of them look more tra- like traditional potatoes you buy at the store or whatever are you, you, know? you going to save some of those for seed i have some in the refrigerator right now i'm saving for okay. seed yes yeah mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I was kind of waiting for you to state the difference in the size of potatoes from each one, too. I mean, I didn't if, you realize... want me to walk, if you want me to walk through my entire video, you know, and then no one watches it, sure, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> At minute eight, this is what you could expect to see in the video. Just bump it up on uh, on the release schedule. No, because it was, in, to be clear, when I watched it, I didn't know what was what, but I had an inkling mm-hmm. which one was which. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, but it's a good test to have because now, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you never grew it that way, you would never know. Yep. So I think that's, um, that's the great way to go. So, um, look, I've got, I got a couple more. Um, let's do this. We're going to make this a part two, everybody. So real quick, everybody come check us out on all of our usual places. Um, you know, patron teespring amazon youtube all that stuff helps support the show we'd love to have you and we hope you're getting something out of this and we're going to continue next week with the same conversation oh see ya (laughs) now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time all over the world people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.